Welcome everybody to Grind My Gears. I am Ashton and today we have, I call him Coach, but his real name is actually Chris Bonfoco, a great friend of mine and I've known him throughout the years and not just a great friend, but actually one of the smartest people I know. I'm not going to compliment you too much, but uh, <laughs> one of the smartest people I know. So a little bit of background about Chris, not only is, was he one of the best MMA coaches in Canada, that was what how I met him, uh, but he's also a, a history major, uh, amazing businessman, one of the uh, best businessmen I've ever uh, came across and talked to, and he's got a long list of accomplishments as a coach. Not only that, he's a Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu black belt and competitor, and he's medaled in the worlds, right? Correct? No, I got, remember I got hosed badly in 2016. I'll never let that go. But he <laughs> competes at a high damn level. That's all we need to know. And and now he's a friggin' Iron Man. So he's training for Iron Man competitions, which is ridiculous to me. And hopefully we'll get to get to that. But first off, I just want to ask you, how's being a dad like? Because I know that you are new to that. Well, it's been uh, just over a year now. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. I I I, I it's. It changed my life. It, we'll talk about a little bit in this. Like, um, yeah, I, it's I, I can't explain how. I mean, I'm sure many other active fathers, almost every active father, yeah. is that way. It's the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. That little George, I, I don't even have words. Yeah, it's funny how like when you're growing up, your parents are like, "Well, you'll understand when it happens to you," and you're always like, "Ah, shut the hell up! You don't know what the fuck you're talking about." And then when it actually happens, you're like, "Oh, okay, they were right." Yeah. <laughs> well, so many people because it took us so long to have a kid. So many people at my academy and stuff. Oh, it's the best thing ever. And I would always think like, "Ah, they say that because they're supposed to." Like, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, I really yeah. had no idea. Yeah, it, it boggles my mind how some people can't be good parents when you get to see them grow like that. I'm like. Your, your little man is just a little bit younger than my, and uh, he, he's developing a personality now, isn't he? He's starting oh, to, yeah. Yeah. That's the <laughs> he's, starting to, he's starting to react. Like last night, I, I was like, George, why are you doing that? And he stopped and looked at me, and he like got all quiet and then came over. It's, it's like he's, I snapped him out of his screaming fit, right? And it, you start to see him really start to, that, that, that just, you see them develop. It's so interesting. I'll, I'll give you a cool, fun story. Well, it's not cool. It's fucking terrible. But it's a fun story about my guy, Benson. So I have to put pants on this guy all the time because he likes to take his shit, rip his diaper off, and throw <laughs> his shit all over the, like one day we were taking a nap on the couch and I like, I open my eyes slightly and I'm like, what's on the coffee table? Cause he's in the playpen. Cause my, he's a little shit. I have to, we have to put him in and keep him contained. Right. We'll look over. It's a shit. He likes to rip his diaper. So now it's like a chastity belt. He was always wearing shorts cause we don't trust him. He just rips his diaper off and flings his dick around, but that's what men do, I guess. <laughs> well, George started doing that a couple of weeks ago. He started taking his diaper off. He figured it out, right? So then we started putting the diaper on backwards for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, and he can't get the tabs, huh? No, he figured it out. Oh, he yeah. Just <laughs> so we have, we have to put either, we'll let him work, because in Belize, it's hot here, right? Yeah. So we'll let him run around outside. He likes to go on little nature walks in our area. And I have to put 
clothes on him. Like we'll let him run around if we're right there with him and we'll let him leave his diaper on. But if we're going anywhere or if we're not going to be constantly eyes on him, yeah. we'll put clothes on him because otherwise he tears his diaper off. Tears it off. I haven't had I haven't had poop flying at me yet. So, oh, so. <laughs> I hope it doesn't happen to you. But Jesus, my, he'll he'll forget. He doesn't throw it at me. He throws it on the floor and it's like surprise, bitch. I had to. I stepped on it once, and that's when that's when we put that. He's he's on pants now. Pants duty for the rest. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've had dogs my whole life. Speaking uh, of Belize, yep. Shit, you moved to Belize, so I didn't even know it was like that. Was um, so I didn't even know you guys were planning that. That was something you and your wife kind of just did. You kept it on the DL, and and the reason, like we talked about this before, but the reason you know you left is because and you had successful businesses here. So it wasn't like, um, oh, you've lost all hope and you're just, you're just leaving. You guys had successful businesses here in Canada. You dominated the Niagara region in terms of health and fitness for a long time. Uh, not only just martial arts, but also with the, the general fitness side, boot camps and lifting, right? And uh, you packed up and you went to Belize. And so some people wouldn't comprehend making a move like that, but... Uh, you know, we're, we're today we're going to talk about those lot the, what's going on in Canada. So what kind of what was the first thing in your head that sparked this kind of move for you guys? Like just even thinking about it. Well, we had a plan prior to COVID. I mean, COVID changed everything, right? Yeah. So prior to COVID, we did have a plan that we did want to move here. Right. But it was over time. Right. We still. We had a lease uh, with our business. We were happy with our business. Like it took us, you know, he introduced me that I'm you know, a good businessman. Like I would say like the first, we ran the business for 12 years uh, while we were close to 13 when we decided to close up and built a lot of momentum. And I would say the first nine years of that business, we, as a competitive martial arts school, we were crushing and people were like, wow, that school's so good. They must be doing so well. Like I was so deep in debt. Like I, you know, you know, um, you know, I, I was, my credit cards were maxed. Everything was maxed. I was putting all my eggs in the MMA pot. Yeah. And uh, it just reached a point where it's like, I'm, I like my wife was basically, we're not making any money. And then we, we redid the business. That's when I stepped away from uh from MMA and folks. And by the time we got closed down, our business was just destroying it. Like we were doing amazing. And cause we were running a real smart martial arts and boot camp, and, and, um, but yeah, we, uh, there were some signs that started to creep up in 2015 that, um, late 2015, where it was like, okay. Was that, that was the first time the liberal government got in, right? Correct. Yeah. And I got us, I'll confess I voted liberal that time. I made the Canadian mistake that how we get sick of our prime minister after three terms. Like it doesn't, Harper was an excellent prime minister, but he was doing a couple of things that I didn't like. And politically I'm what's known as a classic liberal. And you're going to hear a lot of people talk about that these days, right? Like I'm a libertarian, I'm a right-leaning libertarian. And the, what we're seeing now is not liberalism. And you know, it's, I voted liberal at that. that was the first time I actually voted liberal. Usually my vote is thrown in the garbage anyway, because given the Canadian political system and the city I lived in, the conservatives never stand a chance of winning in Welland. There, there's no chance. And same with, same um, 
Toronto's, you, if you vote conservative, you're basically wasting its NDP and liberal here. It's no, there's no. Yeah, um, like Welland is NDP, right? Like Welland goes NDP almost all the time. Provincially, um, you know, and then this time it went uh, liberal federally. So I did vote liberal. My issue with Stephen Harper was uh, being a libertarian, I hate war. And I hated the fact that Canadian troops were in Syria. We had no business in Syria. Uh, I'm of a political belief that, and you know, what are we doing there? There's absolutely no reason for it. If the Syrians want to have a civil war. That's their problem. That's their issue. They should be allowed. What's that? Not our guys. Don't, don't be sending our guys over there to get killed over your guys' problem. Right. Exactly. Like the, you know, yeah, there was intervention in the, the American civil war, the French helped the rebels. Right. But, uh, well, not really. Well, like, you can say they're rebels because they're the Americans now. I mean, they were rebelling against the crown. Yeah. Right. But um, in, in the case of Syria, it's like let, if they want to have a civil war. Let them have their civil war. And there's no reason. And the Americans intervene in the world police. That's that's what they, they do. And that creates more problems for them. You know, I am of the mind that that's how terrorism is created. I mean, if you're a kid in Iraq, when Bush decided to invade Iraq, which is a war crime because he did yeah unjustly you know and you know you're sitting and your best friend who lives next door and you're like seven years old gets blown up by an errant bomb like you're going to inherently dislike the men who aren't from your country walking around with guns i mean it's just flat out stupidity my father was a canadian soldier and he was a peacekeeper he fought in cyprus uh, between the greeks and the turks as a peacekeeper lester b pearson was our greatest prime minister in my opinion he brought that in with the peacekeeping Canadian military. Canada had no business in Syria. There was no peacekeeping to be had there. We were supporting the Americans. And yeah, they're our best friends and all, but we had no business there. And that is the main reason. I was like, you know what? This Trudeau guy, he's not really going to be leading. He's just a name. The liberals have been you know, in government forever in the past. They know how to run the country. Not that much going to change. I bet you're Oh, right. I totally do. Well, and I looked at the platforms, and the platforms were pretty similar too. And I was like, you know what? Like the liberals, they were offering a bigger tax cut to the middle class. I'm middle class. My clientele is middle class. I figured, yeah. you know what? Not a bad choice. I had no idea. I had no idea what was happening. I mean, the last election, I obviously did not vote liberal. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people in my shoes did, made the same mistake in 2015. 2015, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and it's almost like uh, I was talking to one of my buddies at church one day, and this was just after this this last election in the U.S. And, uh, you know, all you know, the you know, the Trump is gone and the Democrats are in and everyone's like, congratulations, you're on your way to socialism. And my buddy said, well, in Canada here, we've been on our way to socialism for the last six years we're way ahead of you guys you know you'll be okay for the next three basically until joe biden dies in the middle of his term probably i don't know if he'll last that long but we've been on our way uh to these kind of things since since he got elected so you know uh so i'm guessing that drove your decision back in 2015 uh, i mean based on 2015 that's you started seeing the signs there that you guys wanted to to make a change Um, well, we, we were just planning on our retirement, right? And it wasn't like we were going to leave, um, prior to it being time, right? Like we had, when we ended up having to close down because of COVID, um, 
my academy was doing great. I mean, my staff was incredible. Like we had a great rapport. Um, Andrew was just fabulous. He was doing such a good job. The, the click between me, Blaine and Andrew at the top of running the academy was just outstanding. And um, it just, uh, we got stopped in our tracks and uh, just, I'll go back to 2015, but then, you know, COVID hit. I knew it was coming way in advance, like the toilet paper shortage and all that stuff. I bought all my stuff six weeks before. Yeah, I knew it was was coming in December because I have a client. He works a lot overseas. And uh, he had just came back from China maybe uh, in October. And he, he, he told me this was happening. It was serious. So I, before it even became a thing here, I was very aware of it. Um, I didn't take it as serious. Like I didn't know it would get to this level. Right. Yeah. I didn't think it would be like that. I thought it would be more like, remember SARS, the SARS outbreak. Yep. Barely. Like I was a kid. I barely even noticed it happened. I was still playing sports. I was playing baseball at the time. You barely even noticed that it was happening. You just saw it's basically just Toronto, right? Just Toronto. So I thought it would be something similar to that big deal. It'll be over. Who knew that, you know, we'd be having these kind of conversations now about, these kind of things that are happening. So, uh, so now that you're in Belize, you get to see what's going on here <laughs> and from fresh eyes on the outside. While I'm, I would consider myself right now a prisoner in my own country because I can't leave unless I have 10 grand to pay the government when I come back because there's no way I'm staying in a, in a quarantine hotel, especially with two babies. So I would consider myself a prisoner right here right now. Uh, how do you guys from the outside as a Canadian looking on in, what do you see happening here that, you know, maybe surprises you or, or for lack of a better term, you know, maybe even pisses you off as a Canadian looking in, seeing what's happening right now. Well, nothing surprises is surprising me. I've, I've saw this coming for a long time. What makes me angry is I love my country and I can't go back. Yeah. Um, like I, I can Right, um, but I can't. I can't. Go, I can't go back. It's not Canada anymore. Um, Canada's a free country. It respects the individual. Um, it doesn't do that anymore. We we left. Uh, bef- we knew what was ha- what was going to happen, and we. That's why we left so quickly. Why so many people like yourself didn't even really realize what we're doing. No. Uh, a few we have a, a few people knew, but they were like surprised at how quickly we did it. I mean, we we closed our house remotely. Right, we were here. When our when our house the, like we sold it, we were in Canada, but the closing didn't happen until we were here. Your dogs didn't and even get over until a couple months after, right? No, it was twenty days. Twenty days, okay. I'm not, it was twenty days. Yeah, they got they got here just before the house closed too, because we were worried like where are the dogs gonna live, right? Yeah. So it was like the uh, and like you know we really love our dogs, right? So oh, yeah. uh, and trust me, the amount of money it costs to get them here it really shows we love our dogs. <laughs> I can imagine. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it wasn't for COVID. It would have been not that expensive, but whoa, it was tough getting in here. But the, um, we, we were like our family were saying things like, you know, why are you guys going so quick? You don't have to go until the house closes. Like we're getting out before we can. Oh, that's crazy. You know, no, that's crazy. That's not going to happen. It's like, <laughs> right. We got here December 31st. What was it? January 10th when Trudeau announced, oh yeah, you can't leave. Right. Uh, yeah, they started travel restrictions from certain countries, and then it was—I believe it was March 
March, like the first or the first week of March. Oh, no, no, it was January when Canadians were told they couldn't fly. They couldn't fly to the Caribbean. Delta. Right. When the Canadian, the, yeah, the Canadian, you could still fly here on Delta or American Airlines, but they had stopped WestJet uh, yeah. and Air Canada from uh, and Sunwing from coming here. Right. Yeah. So, um, and yeah, it wasn't a complete stop, but you would, wouldn't have known that. And we didn't want to deal with it anyway. Yeah, because right? my, so, my parents went on a cruise at the end of February and we were like, are you sure you want to go? Like, because not not because the illness, we didn't know how um, how it was back then, but we were just like, are you sure you want to go? Like, they're shutting stuff down or you might get stuck. And what ended up happening with them is uh, a couple of ports uh, didn't let them in. So they went, they ended up uh, going right back to Florida and then having to fly back right away. Uh, and they got lucky to get back before everything kind of shut down in March. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Now that you say it, it, it did happen in January. I just, I didn't realize it's yeah, been yeah. so damn long. You don't realize that stuff. <laughs> oh man. You guys in Toronto have been locked down since November. That's, that's, that's insane. Not Absolutely in, insane. Not including the first lockdown. Right. Yeah. And you guys didn't come out of it until after, right? I think you guys came out of it. The first lockdown in July two weeks after. I think it was two weeks after Niagara did. Yeah, in, Ju in July. Uh, I had torn my Achilles this time last year, like right before my birthday. And we I remember we were celebrating my birthday. There was nothing to do. We were stuck at home. I got lucky that my I got the surgery right between when they started opening uh, the first time. And then October, we yeah. screwed again. So yeah, like our... Yeah, our red flags were going off. Like you've heard me say in, in private conversations, right? Like Canada's turning into a fascist country. Yeah. And um, COVID is just the vehicle for the government to implement its agenda. That, that That's simply it. Yeah. yeah. And I, I couldn't agree with you more because you're, you're seeing it with, I would say, the policies that are coming out. Um, and what is the biggest surprise to me, I don't know if you see it from, from your angle, is what people would consider a conservative, the conservative governments, governments that you wouldn't think uh, would do these things like in Ontario and Alberta especially. I didn't think Alberta would resort to what they're going to. These conservative governments are kind of almost flip-flopping. It almost like... Doug, like we'll talk about Doug Ford. Like his brother must be turning in his grave, based on all the all the stuff he's doing here in Toronto. And I don't know if it's this. Maybe it's because we're stuck here, and that's what I'm seeing. But it looks as though it's almost like there's not even different political parties in Canada. It looks as if there's one. Like if I was to vote for the next prime minister right now, I'd be pretty much voting for the same guy and the same. Arnold tool is a tool. Period. Yeah. Right? Like, what a disgrace. Yeah, you're totally right. I mean, the, you know, you look at, you know, Doug Ford, it almost looks when you see him in his press conferences now, like he's got a glazed over face. Yeah. Like, it's almost like someone's holding a gun to his head, right? Like, I'm not trying to sympathize for the guy. It's just, you know, something is, is something is just wrong, right? If you can't sense this, like, I couldn't imagine 
living in Toronto, well, first of all, I could never live in a big city because I can't stand big cities. Yeah. But the, I, I enjoy them for a day or two, but I got to get out. I've had enough of it too now. So <laughs> I, I like space, <laughs> right? So, um, but I can't, I couldn't imagine being locked in a city like Toronto, a major metropolitan center in something like this. Like you guys are so restricted, right? Because there's, there's people everywhere. Yeah. Right. At least in Niagara, you know, living there through the first lockdown, I just like throw all my shoes, go for a run, jump on my bike, go throw on my wetsuit, go for a swim. I I'm going to see maybe 20 or 30 people, depending on how far I go. Like if I go really far, of course, I'm going to see a bunch of people. Yeah. Like, but I mean, going through Niagara Falls during the first lockdown on my bike, I'd be riding right down the Niagara Parkway. You know, it's talk about creepy going through Niagara Falls and two time when there's nobody there yeah same same with toronto because i refused to stop anything i was doing i was in uh like for for those people who don't know i'm in the fitness industry and my wife is in the hair and and beauty industry and both of those got raped to the tits from covid uh now more my wife's industry more than others uh that like the hairdressers haven't been able to do anything for the last however many months right so I was in a position where my wife was on maternity leave as well. So I couldn't stop. I, it wasn't an option for me. If, if I stopped working and if I stopped running my business, we wouldn't have eaten or we would have eaten, but on government paychecks. And I'm not about that. Uh, the, Cause from the inside, what I'm seeing now is things are kind of getting better is the people that were on the serve and taking the serve and are still taking the serve are almost reliant on it now because in some cases and this is a lot of people in certain industries they're making more money being on ei and serve than they were actually going to work well that's the problem they're having in the united states right now they can't the, the economies are opening but there's nobody there's nobody taking jobs because they're getting paid more by joe biden than they are by the guy and then and and I mean, this conversation goes so many different directions. I mean, this is where they come. Well, why don't they pay a living wage? They need to pay a living wage. That's how they go. So these people, it's this is like it's it's like the Great Reset has planned this, right? Because it's like, let's get people reliant on the CERB. Let's get people reliant on the EI checks. And then when it's time to come back to work, you know, you're flipping burgers for a living. You're like, man, I paid my university making eight bucks an hour at Taco Bell, yeah. right? And, and by the way, best fast food restaurant ever. Taco um, Bell? No. <laughs> I freaking love Taco Bell, man. Five tacos for lunch every day for five years. I still love it. <laughs> um, and, and not to bring up the Crunchwrap Supreme, which is just heavy. I, like, I do like anyway. the Fry Supreme. The Fry Supreme is legit. I would eat that shit every day in a week. I will say, though, KFC, I worked at KFC. Garbage. Don't, don't eat that shit. Popeyes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so but uh where was i going before we got derailed there <laughs> that's what happened talk to two martial artists let me talk about it. We, we could go on about food all fucking day uh, no you were on um with the uh serb oh the serb payments yeah so people say like get a living wage you're flipping burgers for a living well the problem is if you increase the wage to 25 dollars an hour you're not any further ahead. Like, I don't understand how people don't understand this. You're no further ahead because the burger, you're getting paid 12 bucks an hour right now or 14 bucks an hour right now yeah, to, um, to flip a burger and the burger costs $8. Well, now you're going to get paid $25 an hour. Well, guess what? Burger's that burger is now going to cost 16 bucks. 
Yeah. Like it, it all goes up. But the issue, the biggest issue that's happening right now, and a lot of people, they don't see it because they only, these left wing lunatics, because they're, they're lunatics, they're crazy people. Absolutely. <laughs> they, they suffer the most severe cognitive dissonance. It's, it's, it's unbelievable that, you know, they, they see this, well, the wage like people are making, you know, well, I'm, I want to get paid more, so I'm not going to go to work. Well, what's happening now is supply chain breakdowns. Yeah. Like if you don't have people working, you're going to run out of supplies. So now you're collecting your SERB check. I'm just going to use that because that's the Canadian terminology, which I understand more is you're collecting your SERB check and that's great. You're getting your money from your government, but nobody is making stuff anymore. And that's a huge problem that we've made globally where, you know, what happened when the pandemic hit, right? Yeah. No face masks. Who makes a face mask? China. No drugs. Who makes the drugs? China. Right? Like yeah. we run into these, we run into these supply chain issues because nobody's working. Well, they're and, increased during the uh, pandemic, didn't it? Right. Well, I'm talking about goods. Now let's talk about food, farms, stuff like that. Look at the price of food going up. I mean, the United States a few weeks ago had a chicken shortage. It's insane here. Uh, I was talking to this with a few people, but my wife in, in specific, like we would go to Costco and we were a family of four. I have two kids, so they don't eat that much right now because they're babies. But we would go to Costco. You could probably drop 120 and you would be good. You'd be set for the next two weeks. Now the bill is at least 200. And same thing for Loblaws. You, you would go there and get just the other stuff that you couldn't get at Costco. It would cost me 50 bucks. Now it's running me a little over 100. So the inflation has kicked in so fast and it's almost like canadians don't even see it like you talk about it but they don't see it because they're making their bank account is a little more padded than before and then it, what i think what it might take is for that money to disappear all of a sudden before they realize what's happening because yeah, yeah your rent stayed the same or your mortgage stayed the same but now the other expenses have increased significantly. This is what I'm afraid of happening in Canada, right? The housing market's gone out of control. Oh, yeah. Right? So now people can buy houses right now and they get their, their mortgages. The ugly sister to inflation, because inflation is a hidden tax, right? That's the government's hidden tax on the middle class and lower class because, yeah. you know, you're not being taxed, but they're printing more money so that your savings are worth less, right? So you now you get into the housing market with hyperinflation happening. Well, how do we stop hyperinflation? The economic, the historic economic strategy to stop hyperinflation is you increase interest rates. Like when inflation is high, um, you increase interest to bring inflation down, right? Yeah. Well, people buy, get buy, are buying these hyperinflated houses right now. So a house that would have sold five years ago for for $250,000 is now selling upwards of 500 to $750,000. When you see a market where an asking price is 500,000 and then it sells for 6, there's an issue there. Yeah, for sure. So how to like so now what happens is you buy the house for 6, you're stretched to the limit on your mortgage. You're suffering inflation. So the job that you have is you're not able to pay your bills as easily interest rates then increase to, to sort of stop that. But then after five years or four years and you go to renew your mortgage, the bank turns around and says, this is what I'm scared of happening is, well, your interest rate 
right now is say 2.5% or whatever it is. And they're gonna say, well, the interest rate when you're on the renewal is going to be 9%. So, yep. Yeah, that's, that's now you can't afford your mortgage. Now you can't afford your mortgage. And that's what I'm afraid of. And that's what um, has driven me and my wife out of the market. We don't want to touch it because of that. Because it might seem affordable now, but it won't seem affordable. It won't be affordable. It could possibly not be affordable at all in, in you know five years when those rates go up. And the- well, have you heard about BlackRock in the United States? Yeah, yeah. The um, they're the the firm, right? The hedge fund, right? Yeah, like they're buying up houses right now. People are trying to buy houses, and houses are being sold for. You know, you go to buy your house, you put your bid on it for say three hundred thousand, and then all of a sudden the bid comes back in and it's three hundred thirty thousand, and then you maybe you could say, okay, I'll I'll go three thirty five, and then they throw in three seventy, and you can't get it. Like these these hedge fund companies are starting to buy up houses. You know, it's, you know, and then here we go. The lunatic left is going to be talking about, oh, these are conspiracy theories, no. even though it's happening right in front of their face. This is the great reset. That's why I'm afraid of the interest rates going up because it's like, oh, you'll own nothing and be happy. Well, I already own my house. How am I going to own nothing? That's just a crazy conspiracy theory. Well, when you renew your mortgage, if the interest rate's too high, you can't afford your house anymore. Yeah. And well, look, if I look at the market in my, like my age group in the, you know, the, high 20s to low 30s those are the kind of ones that are getting into that want to get into the market and i'm seeing some people that are of my age and i know what they do for a living and you know granted you could have saved a whole bunch of money and you'd be in a good position sure but i'm very concerned for them because you know i know what you do i know you make a decent living but the expense the expense that you you just paid you know three times over the asking price, I guarantee you, based on how the market's gone, I'm very concerned for these people in like three or four years because I, I just feel like they don't, it seems like a great thing to get, you know, when you start investing, you know, maybe you buy your first stock and you make your first hundred, you're all excited and then it keeps going up and it's almost like the fear of missing out, right? Like yeah. you, you're, oh, we better get in this housing market before it goes up, 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 and up. And I, I just... And some of these people are my friends and I, I'm, I don't want to say anything because it's, then you'd be, you know, you classify as being the hater or why you, why you hating on people for, for, for doing better in their life. But I'm very concerned that, you know, people in that age specific group or hopping into that market are going to get crushed, absolutely yeah. crushed. And there won't be any coming back from it for like 10 years. Like if when you get that's that's why just before we moved here we sold our house we paid all our debts because man I I barely even want to have my money I barely even want to have cash right now yeah right because you know you can have you know thousands of dollars in the bank but it becomes you know its value goes down and down as inflation goes up but you know this is a really confusing time sort of like people on one side will say well buy Bitcoin right you know I understand that. And it's a libertarian's dream, something like Bitcoin, because it, it doesn't, it doesn't, um, you're not regulated by the government on it, yeah. but you're a power outage away or forgetting a password away of losing all your money. Exactly. I've heard stories, <laughs> right? stories like, of people who, who had mined Bitcoin back in the day and forgot the password and, and, or lost a hard drive or something. And there's, you know, sometimes millions of dollars on that fucking hard drive and it's gone. Right. Yeah. Well, like Tim Pool, I, I, I follow Tim Pool a lot. Like Tim Pool said, like if he invested, um, 
if, if he did his, invested as much money as he was told to way back in the day when his friends told him to get into Bitcoin, he'd be a billionaire right now. Yeah. But, you know, but would you be right? Because when it goes up, if you invest at a dollar and it goes up to 20, like you usually sell at that point, right? You're like, man, I've made it. You didn't, you don't expect it to go up like 20,000, right? Like, well, I, don't and, I don't think anybody did. And that's why it's under so much scrutiny from the government right now. Cause in my opinion, they're scared. They're scared. It can become something they, they can't control it. And that's one thing I love about fitness is it's not regulated, right? Other than, you yeah, know, yeah. you gotta, you gotta pay you know, to, to register your business and on stuff, but the government can't tell you how to run a Muay Thai class. They can't tell you how to teach jujitsu. They can't, they can't say those things. Yeah. So fitness is, and even certifications, like I, I have a certification to be a trainer, but that's with a separate entity it has nothing to do with the government. Speaking yeah. of that, here's a big kicker. So like my wife pays a registration fee to be a registered hairstylist in the province of Ontario every year. And I believe they collected somewhere north of like 15 million to, to 18 million last year from hairstylists and all over the country, uh, all over the province. And they haven't been able to work. Why, mm -hmm. why were they paying registration fees to be registered professionals and giving you all this money and they can't work? They should be giving that money back, right? Well, yeah, exactly. Well, when the pandemic first started and we got shut down, I was pretty vocal on my Facebook about like things that were happening. I couldn't believe like this one asshole comes on and he's like, Oh, you know, you know, stop whining. It's for the greater good. It's like, okay, hold on a second here. Right. That's, that's one of the things like my business, we ran our business very well and our business was doing excellent at the time, but my business was vulnerable to this. Why? Because we ran it like a real business. We had a prime location, high rent, um, we had big loans to pay because we had big fitness equipment. We also had business coaching. We also, you know, it, you know, and it was all well and good, right? It, you know, we all, there's a saying in well and right. It's all well and good, but it, it was all well and good. <laughs> that, you know, <laughs> it, it's, it's just how you run your business, right? Yeah. Like we're paying our loans, we're paying ourselves, we're paying our staff, you know, and, you know, the, the company is bringing in a little bit of money every month. Some months you lose a little, some months, but that's business, that's business. right? And so anyway, we hit this and we're extremely vulnerable. So this this guy on Facebook, I mean, stop whining, it's for the greater good. Well, first of all, that's saying for the greater good. Every dictator, every authoritarian has used that freaking slogan in history. You yep. dumb shit, right? <laughs> The next thing about it was, well, let's let's make it independent. Like you don't own a business. You just work somewhere. Fine, right? You pay rent at your apartment. Let's pretend you get fired from your job and you get kicked out of your apartment. Like a lot of people. And now you still have to pay for your apartment and you still have to pay your bills, yeah. right? That doesn't make any sense, yeah. right? So being... The fact that the government forced us to close our business, you know, why the hell should we have to pay rent Yeah, when we're not allowed to use the service? We continued our service online. We flipped right away online. There's only so long you can keep people inspired online. 
it's right? Not- it's very, it's like with Brazilian Jiu Jitsu and, and Muay Thai, it's very hard. And you know what? It's not just hard on the clients, it's taxing on the instructors, yes, right? Nice. Like Andrew was doing our online program and the guy was like, he was burning out. Like it's so hard, you can't touch anybody, yeah. right? Like, and you know, you, you go through this and you got this big rent to pay. We got an Enbridge bill in the second month and the Enbridge bill was higher, Enbridge being gas for people yeah, who don't yeah. know what Enbridge is, was higher than our normal Enbridge bill. Because the only thing we used Enbridge for in our location was for our hot water heater. The, the Seaway Mall, the, all the, the heating is electrical, right? Yeah. Heating, air conditioning, it's all electrical. So all we had was the hot water heaters for our showers. But our Enbridge bill was almost double in April of 2020 than it was in April of 2019. So we call Enbridge. Oh, Enbridge want- tells us they don't have technicians to go and check our thing. So they assumed our bill. You assumed my bill. First of all, fuck you. <laughs> Secondly, How if you you're ass- going to assume it, why isn't it close to what it was the year before? It yeah. was double Yeah, do, the year do- before. They just threw a number at us and then ass- we were supposed to pay it. Yeah. How do you assume double, right? It, it yeah. makes no sense. This is a, this is, I'm going to trash a loan company right now. And I really don't care. Company's called Lending Loop. Okay. Lending Loop, you can kiss my ass. This is what happened with them. We had a loan from Lending Loop for some, for a, for our bootcamp program, for a a business coaching and group that we joined that helped us promote our bootcamp, which kicked ass. Like these guys, it was an advertising company that we used and they were fantastic. Right. And we needed a loan for that. So we got it. We're paying our Lending Loop loan. No problem. We get shut down by the government from COVID. Within four days, we get an email from Lending Loop. Hey, remember your bill's due at the end of the month. Make sure you pay your bill. <laughs> Not once before COVID did we get that fucking email. Yeah. Are, you, are you kidding me? Right? We called Lending Loop and we ripped them a new asshole, right? Like, like what the fuck do you think you're doing? And yeah. they're apologetic and stuff. Like, bullshit, you're apologetic. You sent the email. You're yeah. sending to businesses that you know can't operate in this and you're making sure you're getting your money so the thing is this is like doug ford gets up and he starts talking the last thing he likes is greedy landlords well first thing i gotta say is our landlord the seaway mall was fantastic yeah great landlord okay absolutely outstanding landlord. i have nothing but good things to say about them it's not the landlords it's the banks the banks yeah that's it's the that's- banks yeah there are asshole landlords i get it yeah. right i was lucky enough that what mine was but you know what? Like, because the the mall needs its rent to pay for its loans. Yeah. Right to the bank. Right. So you know, like this whole thing is such a disaster. So they shut us down. We can't pay anything. I know it's like, how do we make this operate in a capitalist society? Right. And I, I swear by capitalism. Right? Well, when you see these big businesses like Amazon and Walmart, those aren't capitalist businesses. Those are oligarchs. Okay? Yeah. Right? So you know, you have, especially now that they shut down all small businesses. So, you know, you have, uh, these small businesses, we, we, we're forced to close and the bank is still getting the money. You have to shut the system down. Yeah. This is what I mean. It's like, okay, banks don't expect this money. Landlords don't expect this money. This is what we're going to do. It would save the Canadian people so much money. Now you got the government 
you know, throwing rents out, throwing all this sort of stuff out. It's free. Everyone's getting their service free. Well, guess what, fuckers? It's not free. Not free. Not free. It's not free. That, that's your money. And right? uh, you would think people would clue in. Oh, I wouldn't. I shouldn't say you would think because, like, uh, I'm. I'm an investor. I like uh, buying stocks, trading. That's uh, something I fell in love with the last over the last two years. So you would think that um, at when the pandemic started, the bank's earnings would go significantly down. And when I started seeing like the earnings reports coming out and the banks were making a fuckload of money trading, especially their, their, their trading departments were making fuckload of money because everything was being piled into tech last year and because there was nothing else available right you you weren't doing you weren't buying gas oil got smashed like you know when you see these things happening you would think it'd be a red flag for people to tune in hey why is the banks making money when everything is shut down and you know that's the reason why you just said because they're collecting still while everybody can't even earn a dime and their earnings never change in fact they all went up and well so you take the remember the first thing on the first lockdown is the landlord had to apply for the rent relief for the for the tenants so the landlord applies for the rent relief the government sends the money to the landlord for the rent relief the landlord then turns around gives money back to the bank yeah exactly right like you know it's not an issue of capitalism it's this is this whole thing is is you know, I commented on uh, on a Facebook post because someone referred to this as communism. And I was like, no, it's, this isn't communism. This is fascism. Yeah. The problem is people start to, they think when they see fascism, they see, you know, the German leader in the 1930s. I don't know if I should say his name because it gets oh, censored. It's so stupid, right? This is free speech and it doesn't matter. Like you can't run from history and you shouldn't be angry at history. You shouldn't do anything about history. You should learn from history. It should upset you. History should upset you. Oh, it, right? it does and, here. It does here. You see Canada now? <laughs> right? Yeah, right? You'll so put up it, a history book. The well, that's called presentism. That's called presentism, right? So people expect people from 100 years ago to have the exact same values of people from today. Like right. they, you, you can't hold people 100 years ago accountable to the same standards as today. Right. It's like we, that's a whole different conversation. We can go on that forever. Right. It's like, um, but like you, you, you evolve, right? Like it's, you know, well, the United States never meant that all men are equal because black people weren't included. Well, that's the way they lived back then, but then they, they changed that. There were people back then who were activists who were like, Hey, wait a minute, they should be counted as part of it. And then eventually they do. And then so on, but then you can't rewind, right? You got to just move forward. Yeah. But you know, and say, well, it's easier said than done. It's like, no, it's been done. Move forward, right? Let's move forward. Let's not make the same mistakes as the past. Let me see what was going on at um, at Ryerson University. I no, I, I don't. What's going on? I'll give you a brief background. So with all the residential school stuff, mm-hmm. and like um, I was making my statement on it right now, none of that shit is good. I'm not supporting any. No, of course not. Of course not. Uh, but now, like, they found out that Ryerson had some sort of connection to the residential school system. So they go around trying to cancel. They don't want his name on the fucking university. It's X university that they're trying to call it now. And they're going around toppling statues. 
and spray painting shit and doing that. And it's accepted here. It's accepted as normal that that's normal behavior. But if myself, who I, you know, I openly say I'm, I'm a conservative Canadian, if I was to go and topple some, you know, Trudeau statue and paint on it and shit, I'd be going to fucking jail. Right. But yeah. it's okay for if you have this extreme lefty, crazy ass view. And I'm not supporting residential school system. But no, my, it's yeah, why my, would you, right? My point is, is that um, that guy, if he did support it, I don't know. He's like a hundred fucking years old and he's dead. That if he did support that shit, he's a piece of shit. But well, that, these left lunatics, they do support it. That's yeah. the problem. They don't see it because they can only see something direct. So when I bring up the 1930s leader, they think they see fascism as something like, well, it's uh, white people feeling they're the dominant race and they hate Jews. Yeah. No. 1984, the, the society in 1984 is a fascist society. The society in Fahrenheit 451 is a fascist society. The, the society in Brave New World is a fascist society. Okay. Yeah. And there are so many similarities of those books into what we're experiencing today just because it doesn't have to be a specific race to another specific race. It's like one of those conundrums that people run into when they talk about, well, yeah, Hitler was all about the Aryan race and why did he partner with Japan? Yeah. They're not Aryan. Well, they shared similar values of their culture, right? And it's not black and white like people see it is. And, but it's important for authoritarians to make people see things black and white. Yeah. Because when they see things black and white, it creates division. So while our eyes are pointed at each other, our eyes aren't pointed on the problem. And when, so what's happening today when I say that these left-wing lunatics support residential schools, well, a lot of part of the residential schools was to have the indigenous people of Canada despise their culture and not want to have their culture and to see themselves as problematic. But what the hell do you think critical race theory is, you freaking morons? <laughs> Exactly. It's yeah. the exact same thing. Exact same thing. Trying to make they're, they're teaching these white kids that their culture is bad and you know every problem in the world is from them. Like who'd have thought? You know, like it was only Europeans who uh, <laughs> had slavery in history. Yeah, no. right. Like for fuck's but uh, that brings us into a good uh, what I wanted to ask you about because from from you on the outside, it's a you can see how bad it. I see how bad it is on the inside, but. From the outside, what's going on in Canada right now is there's political segregation, uh, medical segregation, and racial segregation that, in my opinion, is all-time high. I can't yeah. walk around the streets of Toronto without feeling tension. There's always yeah. some sort of fucking tension, whether it be with the maskers and, you know, people would call me an anti-masker. I don't fucking walk around with a mask. There's the problem right there. We'll get into that in a second, but keep going. But I don't walk around with a mask on. So I would be considered an anti-masker because I'm not walking around with a fucking diaper on my face. So I'm part of a problem. You know, uh, I'm a right-leaning conservative. Uh, that means you're automatically a racist and you don't support... Uh, minorities doing anything great. Well, the these lunatic lefties, Ashton, would call you a white supremacist. Yes, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you know, uh, here's something. Here's a funny one. This guy I used to work with, he posted some stupid shit on Facebook about Donald Trump. It was an anti-Donald Trump. And I, 
I don't walk around being like, I'm make America great again. But I, you know, if I lived in America, I'd vote for Donald Trump straight up. But I, so he wrote something about Donald Trump and I simply responded to his story saying, that's not true. That's it. That's, that's not true. Then he counters and posts the whole shit about all of a sudden I became alt-right. He's like this alt-right. Per-. I'm like, hold on. What the fuck, dude? I don't even know what alt-right is. Uh, how did I go from being, you know, somebody with uh, an opinion that generically leans one way or the other? Cause I'd even virtue, I would say some of my opinions on certain subjects top lean towards the liberal side. So how did I go from being, you know, somebody who just has a tendency to lean to one side to all of a sudden I'm the fucking extreme. So that that's my biggest example of how ridiculous it is to live here right now, because it's almost like you got, there's three different types of camps you're in. You're either, you know, you're on team conservative, team liberal, you're on, you know, team mask and, and taking the jab and team non mask, or, you know, you're either, you know, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, th- this is, this is the problem. And this is where their, their cognitive dissonance is so crazy. Cause like they talk about inclusivity, inclusivity, you know, it's, it, it's like, man, if your child is a communist, you're a failed parent, right? That, you know, <laughs> I just have to go off on that <laughs> inclusivity. Well, you're only inclusive. The, the way they see it is you're only inclusive if you do everything that they want you to do. You yeah. see that the the greatest tool of the authoritarian is social pressure. Yeah. So somehow people get in their head. Like I said, they see it black and white. They can't see the parallels in history because they're trying to look for the exact same. They're trying to look for the exact same results, like the exact same people doing the exact same thing. They can't see that. You know, the shade of skin doesn't matter, but the behaviors can be the same, right? They, they, it doesn't have to be the exact same actions, but actions that reflect, you know, that are, that are kind of parallel to the actions just because maybe, you know, like the one group, you know, this, this group, they ate sausage all the time, but this group can't be that group because they eat chicken, right? Like it, you, that's, that's where the problem is. So what you have is there, the, we have a weapon of mass destruction and that weapon of mass destruction is social media. Right. So the the authoritarian uses social pressure. You th- see these people, they, they see like, well, you know, the, the the dictator walks down the street with his army and then seizes it and takes it over and then forces it upon people. No, empires fall from within. And our empire is well beyond that. This weapon of mass destruction that is social media is creating a social pressure where you have no choice but to do what they do and say what they say or or face you know social suicide yeah right so if you come out that's that's the whole thing they did it meticulously with donald trump you know if someone says oh i support donald trump all of a sudden what are you now you're a you're a white supremacist you're a you're you're a racist you're a xenophobic you're um you know, you're, you're a misogynist, boom, 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 boom. So what they're doing is they're so inclusive that they have to give everybody a label, right? Yes. Last I looked, that's what the Nazis did, (laughs) right? Do you have to like, see it? So you're saying like a vaxxer and an anti-vaxxer, like that terminology alone is toxic. 
Well, that you, term, because just before you had your climate denier and, you know, your, you know, what they, they have to label everybody so that they can use social pressure to push their agenda. Sorry, I'm going on here. I got to keep uh, going. Yeah, right. And then they, they, you know, so that you use your Twitter, you use your Facebook, you use your YouTube. What else have they done? Well, they've been censoring anything that's against the narrative. Anything like last you shit they might censor us when i post this like you use the word fucking vaccine they've got algorithms that pick that shit up yeah so, sorry about that yeah, yeah i don't, I don't care i don't care that's it I'll, I'll i'll say jab but i was yeah uh, i was yeah, doing my bad i know better yeah i was doing secret jujitsu uh because you know we can't do it in public anymore so we're doing this <laughs> we're doing secret jujitsu here in toronto one of the guys was telling me he's like uh, never in my history of being alive and he's a little older than me has this many people been concerned with my health, right? And <laughs> he's like, before COVID, nobody gave a fuck about my health. Now everybody cares about my health. And it, um, I have this conversation with my wife all the time. I, never before have I been asked this many times about my medical history. Like on a daily basis, when you have just normal center, uh, interactions with people, hey, have you got it yet? Have you got the jab yet? And, yeah. you know, I don't want one. I don't want to talk about it. It's none of your fucking business. But two, the answer is going to be no. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer. Like I just got my son is fucking fully vaccinated with all the shit. My my daughter is, too. And people are like, well, why why would you do like do that? And you're cool with that. But, you, you know, you're against this. I'm like, well, first of all, it's an emergency uh, that jab. It's not it's not 100% studied yet that's number 1 and two i want to see data i don't i haven't seen concrete data that warrants me putting this into my body all right and then they come back these lunatics they come back and say well you don't believe in science you're anti science well i'm sorry but when it comes to these medical procedures there is science that says it requires so much time for safety Yes. Right. They just throw the word out there. Like, you know, it's like, you know, if you don't believe in anthropogenic climate change, you know, you're anti-science. Well, there's a whole lot of information out there that says otherwise. Right. Science like Barack Obama, who was an absolutely horrible president. I couldn't agree more. <laughs> just because he said things well, like men, the, the, yeah. the man can talk. Right. Yeah. Let's face it. Like that guy, you know, like he, he he's he's a great speaker yes and you know so he says well the science is settled science is never settled no a real scientist will say like that's that's that is anti-science yes. right like because everything changes it always changes right so it's you know the sad thing is is people they've been so lied to like media is so awful like it is, I hate to use the word evil. When I was in university, my main prof, who I would have followed through all the way to my PhD, but he happened to retire the year I got my BA. So I was like, oh, I don't want to start with a new guy. Yeah. You know, because we covered, because my focus was on the rise of national socialism in Germany from 1919 to 1932. I happen to know quite a bit about the subject. And I took it very seriously. Yeah. And, um, you know, you know, he, he, he would always say, uh, my hamster fell off the wheel there. Sorry. Um, Dr. Taylor 
what <laughs> I lost my what was I talking about? You're talking about um the uh your your history the hit uh Fuck! I lost it too. This is a. This is why. This is why. Oh, it's the media. The media. Yeah, the media. Right. So how punch in the face, huh? Because you. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you know, like, if you hear something like I focused on Joseph Goebbels, who was the propaganda minister. Uh, people would say Goebbels. It's actually pronounced Goebbels. If you say a lie often enough, it becomes truth, right? And I know what I was saying. Like Dr. Taylor would say, never use the word evil because we are studying, right? Yeah. A regime that is easily called evil, right? So he said, you, you, when you're out of arguments, you use the word evil. You have to, you know, that's a religious term. We got to keep religion out of it, right? But yeah. the media, they are evil because they're knowingly manipulating, throwing misinformation at people and, and then saying that other information is misinformation. And now you can't counter the narrative. Anything that's, you can't even say the, the V A double C I N E word. Yeah, exactly. Like, are you serious? Because there's a lot of those and I have a lot of those. Yes. And my child is, is done with all of those. Yes. You, like what is going on? And they're not questioning it. So these, these loonies, they're being so inclusive that you can't even use words. When has the censors been the good guys? Well, I have, Ever. A, I have a theory and I want to hear your opinion on it. Cause I've asked a lot of people and I'll, my, my theory is that a lot of this has to do with two companies in Canada, Bell and Rogers. There are two of the companies that benefited the most from the pandemic. Reason being, people are working from home. Well, you got to get fucking better internet, right? Well, people are staying at home. Well, I need I need to subscribe to Crave, which is owned by, by Bell. I need better cable package. I need stuff to watch, right? Um, when you look at the global or the in, in Canada, the news stations, well, they're owned by Bell and they're owned by Rogers. Like CP24, I'm pretty sure is a Bell Media Station or Rogers. One of the two, it doesn't matter. All these media outlets are owned by these two conglomerates, including the sports teams, right? I'm pretty sure, uh, is it Rogers or Bell that owns um, uh, the Blue Jays? And I'm pretty sure it's Rogers, right? I think Rogers owns them. Yeah. There's, there's been ownership changes, but yeah, I think it, I think, uh, and, and I think Bell owns. The Maple Leafs, don't they? Or they did at one point. I, I don't know. It boils down to the two of them. Yeah. Right? And my and you know people will call me a conspiracy theorist, but fucking hell, if it doesn't make sense, they're controlling the narrative because they own the news stations. Well, this is classic fascism. You're you're right, and I'll explain why. That see, fascism is a fusion of government and big business. Okay, that's the economic model. A lot of people like they keep saying this is communism, communism, communism. Listen, communism is a childish fantasy. It doesn't work. Yeah. It's it, it's a fairy tale. It was it was Marxism was promoted by a narcissistic racist who was useless to society. Karl Marx was a horrible human being. Yeah. Right. You just have to do a quick search, read up on like what he did and how he worked for and, and what is that the man the, the man was was a tool. Yeah. Right. And he wrote this and these people keep going that wrote, you know, wrote the communist manifesto and it's a, it's a fantasy. Human beings are not ants. We yeah. have sovereignty. All right. 
Now, you were always taught in school that the far right is fascism and the far left is communism, right? This is not true. Yeah. And, and it can't be, you know, you got to study the French Revolution to really understand right and left and just, and you, you can't really, because that's where it comes from. Yeah. And, and you can't really look at things exactly the way um, it's written in the books because things change, things evolve. So communism gets tried. Every time communism is tried, it turns into fascism. That's why it fails. Yeah. I feel that almost every society is doomed to collapse under fascism, yeah. which is why 1984, Brave New World, and Fahrenheit 451 were all fascist societies, yeah. right? Because what happens is this. In order for communism to work, everybody has to be on the same page, all which, right? So which they never are, right? That's never going to happen. You have to accept the sovereignty of individuals. Yeah. The second they put a bullet in the back of people's heads who are dissenters from communism, that country becomes fascist. Yes. Right? The country where this virus came out of is not a communist country. It is a fascist country. Yeah. So the fusion of big business and government has already happened in Canada. It happened over the past 16 months. Yeah. Right? So that's what you're talking about with Rogers and Bell. Well, you have to shut down in order for the agenda to happen, you have to shut down small business because small business can't be controlled by the government. Yeah. It can be taxed, but it can't be controlled. Mm -hmm. And small business owners tend to be really individual thinkers. So by shutting down, but the government can control big business. Yeah. You know, the Canadian government can control Canadian Tire. The Canadian government can control Bell, it can control Rogers, right? It can control these things. So you have the largest wealth transfer in human history over the past 16 months. Yes. from the people to the big businesses these big businesses so this was the facebook comment that i i, I got to go back like 10 minutes because the guy said that we call the communists and i was like yeah. no it's fascism and then he was like well i haven't seen the fusion of and then i broke it down right so small businesses have been closed but you're able to do business with the big companies so there's retail stores like back in the first lockdown you can go to walmart and buy and buy clothes but you couldn't go to the clothing store down the road okay well right this past lockdown in toronto you couldn't fucking buy clothes and blah blah like you know they have well that's that there is the government trying to save face that's a virtue signal because yeah, they don't give a shit that was they the don't worst, care that was the worst fucking thing you could go and buy a bag of chips but you couldn't buy underwear for your fucking kid if you want but you could buy it from amazon yeah if you wanted underwear at and and most people that was the choice that they had to make they had to go to amazon or they had to go yeah. to could you do curbside pickup at walmart uh i you could i think but i would just like personally I want to, I, I would want to just, I would buy it from a fucking small business if they were open. Right. Yeah. But, uh, if I need shit delivered and I need it now, I have to do it with Amazon. Right. right. Well, and then let's, let's continue down this rabbit hole. Right. So you got these big businesses, the only places that you could shop at. Okay. And then the next step of fascism is the authoritarian approach of fascism. I already spoke about that with the social pressure they're using social media to create social pressure and they've censored it so that if you they god like they censored a sitting president of the united states oh, yeah there you go <laughs> and they did it even before january 6th and then they turned and they called january 6th the insurrection the great insurrection blah 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 what the hell has been happening in seattle and portland and minnesota minneapolis all these places in the u.s it's been an insurrection for a year but they don't they they don't say it that way it's so what happened on january there's well there is a, a really key fascist event that happens just like january 6th yeah. it was called the reichstag fire 
1932 Germany. It's what Hitler used to ban all other parties, which is why, like, they're trying to get rid of the Republicans. And then to go back with Canada, you say, I don't know who to vote for. It's all the same party. There you go. The Conservative Party is not the Conservative Party anymore. Oh, no, it's not. And, and the NDP's not. The only wild card is is Mad Max. Yeah, and, and where's and Mad Max right now? That's what I, he, he was in jail a few days ago. Uh, that's what I was about to bring up. Is the I never I never knew that the fucking People's Party existed uh, straight up until maybe January. I started hearing about it a little bit, and by God, it seems like the only fucking option right now because he's the only politician standing up for little businesses and it was funny because he went to one of those things that manitoba asked where they arrested him right and he had um he went to a small town with a thousand people in it and only like you know you know less than 10 people showed up because most people were afraid they didn't want to get fined because in manitoba it was it's pretty shitty with the rules right now <clears throat> so 10 people showed up and because only that the rest of them didn't want to get fined so the, the media makes a so some guy on the one of the, the anchors was like how oh he's doing he's doing great. He only has 10 people there. He's like and he and this is why I like him so much. He's like, I don't care if I'm speaking to ten thousand or ten. If those ten want to hear the message and they want the support of a politician, they're gonna get it. Whereas you couldn't drop dead to catch fucking Trudeau or, or O'Toole going to a small town to talk to 10 people, right? This guy is willing to put his fucking ass out there and do what he needs to do. Well, he was a prominent member of the Conservative Party and very nearly won the leadership over yeah. Andrew Scheer. And he left the Conservative Party based on his principles, which yeah. you, you do have to admire that. Part of the reason the Conservative Party never picked him in the first place is because the Conservative Party doesn't want to support Quebec that much yeah. because there's been so many Quebec prime ministers. The West the West, and, and Quebec don't get along. They never really have. Never did, right? right? So Yeah. But to go back to that left and right model, right? So um, is when I say like the, the far right, you know, you're seeing left on the screen, but this is actually my right hand. So the far right is is fascist and the far left is communism. That's not how it works. Yeah. It's big government, small government. The, the extreme right is anarchy. Anarchy is self-government. Yeah. It's impossible. It can't work. It's a childish fantasy, just like communism is. Okay. It can't work because humans are going to form groups. Groups are going to gain power. Those groups are going to use their power against other groups. That That's humanity. Yeah. Okay. On the left, yeah, communism is far left, but it does. It, it's not real. It's in the cloud. It's a fantasy. If you're a communist, you're a child. Yeah. Okay. What happens with communism is, like I said, everyone has to be on the same page. It doesn't work that way. It can't work that way. Everyone. So what ends up happening is you have to get everybody on the same page. So you have to, it's a psyop, yeah. right? You have to get everybody thinking the same. This is why people ha have to be formed to label people. Like you're yeah. a vaxxer, you're an anti-vaxxer, you're a climate denier, you're a racist, you're a misogynist. You're like, what the hell is going on? How about you're a human being with a different opinion? Where did that go? Did so that the authoritarians need to use that to divide the people not just to divide them, but to identify the people who are the problems. Joe Biden right now is starting a terrorist, uh, anti-terrorist, a war on internal terror. People who could perhaps be radicalized. Are you kidding me? Yes. Is the United States of America. If the United States, like I said, Canada is not worth fighting for. Yeah. It's not. Yeah, I agree. Canada only exists because the United States exists. 
when the empire falls, the best place to go is into the belly of the beast. If you have to, if you want to save the empire, yeah. right? And the empire is, is basically built from, you know, Rome spread out among throughout Europe and into the Middle East, right? Rome fell apart from inside. The same thing is happening. So they, if, if you can't be a dissenter in the United States, this is what's happening. Well, what happens is the far left, the extreme left is fascism, yeah. period, right? Just because some forms of fascism have promoted religion in the past and traditional values in the past, that doesn't mean it's not fascism if traditional values aren't the ones that they look at because a new religion gets formed and that is the cult of woke that we're seeing today it's a religion it's not the science they talk about is religion it's not science yes i agree with you 100 percent. and this is something i see in the city and like when it was my birthday yesterday my wife you know they just opened patios they liberated the restaurant industry not the fuck they still fucking fuck them so my wife is like, where do you want to go? The patios are open. We can go. I'm like, anywhere except for in, the, in Toronto. She's like, <laughs> so uh, I'm, she's like, why? I'm like, because I wouldn't be able to enjoy a meal on a patio in Toronto for the reason being that every time I walk out the door now, uh, I'm not wearing anything on my fucking face. It's not. You don't have to in Canada, do you? Yeah, you don't. You don't have to, right? But because I'm not, and I'll walk by people who are wearing the coverings on their face. You, you can read eyes. Like I can read eyes. You can, oh, read, of course, the eyes, what, we're, we're born that way. Humans, yeah. we have to read each other. We're, eyes we're, are we're tribal animals. They're looking at me judging all the time. Every time you walk out the door, especially in the city of Toronto, every, you know, and you're not doing what, you know, you're not, you're not complying. You're not going social along. Pressure. Yeah, exactly. It's just the social pressure. And, I told my wife, I'm like, I don't want to eat. I don't want to have a meal that I'm supposed to enjoy here because I'll be sitting on a fucking patio watching people look at me, judging me because I'm, you know, my mouth is open and I'm eating and spewing the fucking the COVID in the air. Because that's 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 what the media has led people to believe that if you if you're just a human being breathing and you don't have a face mask on, you get well. If you identify all other human beings as a threat and a danger, yeah, you've established ultimate control. Exactly. And that, and that's what you see in the city. Now, if you drive, you know, 30 minutes outside of the city to Durham regions, a little less populated, it's a lot better. It's almost like that pressure has been released because, you know, one of the things you were saying earlier on, it was, you know, in Welland, you know, things are more spaced out, right? So it's a little hard, you know, you're not around so many people, but in a metropolitan like Toronto, it, you couldn't you couldn't cut the tension with a fucking sharpest knife right now everybody here is walking on eggshells everybody here has some sort of opinion which is fine you're entitled to your opinion but it's like if i have an opinion that's different from yours we're now no longer and we're no longer friends right and i don't know if this is the same for you but you know i'm happy this kind of stuff happened because i've been able to weed out a lot of negative thinkers that were around me in my life that if COVID didn't happen, if this whole situation, I wouldn't have been able to identify it before. Well, it could be a little bit though, that the effects of COVID has caused them to be that way. Right. I'm not relieved. I'm saddened. Right. Cause I, you know what, I've known lots of people who have had a different opinion than me in the past. And 
I'm okay with it. Like it, but when you start getting labeled, that's, that's when the line's been crossed. Yeah. Right. And, uh, it, what makes, what made Canada great, what made the United States great, what made Western society, which by the way, is an awesome society. Like these lunatic lefties who act like it's the worst society ever. You know, it's like these people are so privileged and they, 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 they label privilege on other, they're so, they don't even understand how great their society is. My family came to Canada, part of my, the French part of my family was on the second boat from France. They came to Canada for opportunity, Yeah. right? They, they got to farm new land. They got to do that, right? And, and they, they weren't immigrants. They were settlers, okay? And the French settlers actually had good relationship with the indigenous people of Canada. It, it, you know, and then there was the wars with the British and British colonialism. And yeah, colonialism is terrible. It's something that's always happened, right? Yeah. I mean, people think the Crusades were fought because the Christians decided they wanted to take Jerusalem. They don't understand the Crusades were a war. The Muslims took Spain and they like they're humans. Yeah. They wanted to move up and continue into Europe. They took Spain and Portugal and they wanted to continue to move up into Europe. And eventually the Europeans were like, we got to stick together because Europe was all scattered because after the Roman Empire fell, it kind of it, yeah. it, it, it was scattered about and Constantinople was in trouble. And there was a, there was a capital. I can't remember. It wasn't my focus in history, but I have studied it, but the Europeans basically said enough is enough. And they came through the first crusade was in Spain, yeah. right? Like it wasn't over there. And then like any war that they pushed out, they battled them out of Spain and they continued to push their territory. And it was terrible because war sucks yeah. and it's never the people. And then, see, that's the thing. These authoritarians, they use social pressure to keep the people under control. You're not going to war to fight the the, yeah. the farmers from a different religion. You're yeah. going to war because you've been manipulated by the people controlling your mind in, in your society, and they're going to war with you because they've been manipulated by the people who control their minds in their society. Well, and it's even like when we come back to this, uh, what you were saying with that, that social pressure and bringing it back to what's happening here. Uh, I have a few clients and a lot of people I know uh, in the just around in the martial arts community they were adamant they didn't want to you know you know get the jab they didn't see the necessary it was it is necessary they didn't want to and then you know you didn't talk to them for a couple of weeks and then all of a sudden you're like you know, i got it and i'm like well what happened what changed you're like i don't know it, i just you know i was just there i'm like you know what just let me get it i want this thing over with and and so you know, I've never encountered this in my life. Now, I'm not, I know I'm not that old, but I've never encountered it in my life where, you know, you wanted something over so much. They've ingrained it into your head that this is never going to end unless you do this one act to put these chemicals in your body, whether they're good or bad. I don't care. I'm not here to argue about them. I've never encountered it that people will. I just want it over with. So I'm going to get it. Well, newsflash, it's not going to be over with. It's just a start. Now you've put in something to your body that neither me, you, or the scientists know what's going to happen in 10 years, right? Yeah. What's going to happen in five years, right? And, you know, a lot of, a lot of people who are, are weaker, weaker um, personalities are being, you know, convinced of things that they have never, you know, would have even done before. And they just, you know, just do it. Yeah, I, I got the vaccine. I got the, I got the jab. I, I'm doing it because, you know, I just want it over with. 
I've never seen that before in my life. And it's the social pressure. And, and I could, I, I would be lying if I would talk to you and say that at some point I haven't felt that too. Like, oh man, if I just get it, uh, you know, people will stop asking me. Right. It's tough swimming upstream, right? It's yeah. tough to swim upstream. And, and yeah. you know what? And I have to sit and I have to remind myself, well, I got two kids at home. I got a young boy growing up and, and a young woman that she's going to be one day. And, how, you know, what can I look to them in the face and be like, yeah, I didn't want to do something. But social pressure and society and people around me that keep an asking made me do something. Right. Yeah. And I'm not saying that I'm anti this this COVID vaccine. I'm not. Like, if you want to get it, get it. I'm well, why would you even consider yourself anti anything? This is the thing. It's the mentality they put in. Either you're you're black or you're white, yeah. right? And I'm not talking skin color. I'm talking like just the just the, the two non colors. It's like you said, the same. Like it's black or white, right? Yeah. Like you know, you, you're having to get yourself into a social group. That's that's the fact that you just considered yourself like I'm not. I had to say I'm not an anti vaxxer Say it. That's the brainwashing that they're doing to us. Yeah, and it's it's mind blowing that it's gotten this far, that it's gone to the point where you can't even talk about it, can't even say it. Like you 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 know what Bill is? It's C ten, right? Bill C ten that's coming in. Yeah, you'd be surprised when I mention it to people. Nobody fucking knows. They have no clue what the fuck it is. And I'm like, well, the uninformed voter is is the is the greatest tool for the left right yeah. and, and for the right too i mean let's face both, it, it both it, can abuse them. both yeah both can be and they are the reason why democracy is something that will always fail eventually that's why every i say every society is destined for fascism right, right. and then it because it'll fall into fascism and then the circle will continue. Then the people eventually stand. It'll blow up. Society will be a chaos. It'll turn good, and then boom, boom, boom. The circle just it just it's just going to keep going, right? Yeah. Like, and, and sadly, like we're at a really bad part of that scale. Do you feel like we're at a tipping point where we're going? It's about to explode. Like the reason I ask it, somebody who lives here right now, it's hard for them to see. Like for me, it's hard to see where this ends and if it's going to go further, but looking on the outside what do you think do you think this is going to go even worse like the, the whole you know like we're reopening now ontario's slowly reopening it's technically still a lockdown so a lot of people are getting optimistic oh things are going to be back to normal i'm going to get my my jab i'm going to be able we're going to be able to you know go to restaurants soon and me being here i don't see an end to this even when those things are opening i don't see an end to this because COVID might be over, the pandemic might be over, but the war, in my opinion, has just begun, a political war, right? And it's, well, it's, it, the sad thing is it's a war you're going to lose. Yeah. Um, the And I hate being a pessimist, right? It's one of the things, you know, you pick your battles. It's part of the reason why I took off to an obscure third world country, <laughs> right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think things are going to get back to somewhat normal, but the difference is going to be is if you're someone who chooses not to get the vaccine you're now the enemy yeah. right and they're going to blame it i saw canadian propaganda i saw a couple articles talking about how the unvaccinated people are the greatest threat well yeah. if the vaccine's so good what does it matter yeah right and you know i'm sure there's some sort of argument about that but that's like they're, they're a tinderbox that was the, the word they used they, they know the unvaccinated people are a tinderbox it's going to be something else. It's going to be climate change, 
right? It's going to be like, I'm sorry, you can't fight what the sun is doing. Human beings are filthy, disgusting animals. There's a serious environmental practice uh, uh, crisis that we are having that we need to get our shit together to fix it because the air we breathe, you know, you, all you do is spend a day at the dump and see how much shit's there. You got to realize like, okay, we, we got an issue, but these same hypocrites who are all pushing on the global warming stuff are the same hypocrites who live in the big fucking cities and don't realize that the condo complex that they live in is creating more of the pollution yeah. than the guy with a Ford F-150 in the third world country. Cause that's what I'm driving. Right. I have this conversation with my wife all the time. You know, like you go to the restaurants now and they don't give you the fucking plastic straws. Right. And yeah. they give you these paper shits. Right. Well, well, what do you think is going to happen in fucking five years? We're going to run well, out. Well, they give you the paper straw in a plastic cup. Yeah, we're <laughs> going to fucking run out of trees. You want to get a disposable it? plastic. Yeah. Like my, my mother-in-law said this because she's a lot older than both of us. She said back in the day, they tried to do that shit. Everything was paper bag, paper bag, paper bag. And then they started saying, hey, we're running out of fucking trees. We're killing the fucking Bang. forest. Let's go to plastic. Now they're going back. Now we're going fucking back. So it's yeah. a, a never-ending cycle of rid ridiculousness, right? As long as you keep the people fighting internally and their eyes on each other, their eyes aren't on where the problem actually lies. <laughs> All right. And so before we wrap up, I think that's a good thing to wrap up on. Uh, you know, I'm stuck here. I'm, I'm stuck in Canada. I can't leave unless maybe if I'm lucky – to get a fight in a few months there's you know there's probably a reason to get me out of here but i can't take my family right i can't leave canada right now unless i'm willing to spend i think it's a five thousand dollar fee twenty thousand dollars to get back in right that's what it would be for me my wife and two kids looking on the outside in and then this is a simple maybe yes or no question are we prisoners right now in our own country? Yes. Yeah. You have to pay bail to get out of jail. Yeah. Like uh, that's, that's what it is. Like, look, pandemic is a pandemic and you're trying to do your best to protect it. But this whole thing is, is the rules for thee, but not for me. Did Trudeau coming back from the G7 have to quarantine for 14 days in one of his hotels and spend his money he went from his paycheck? He went in a hotel, but he got out in two days, right? You know? But did he use his paycheck to pay for the hotel? Fuck no. The answer is right. fuck no. He would never. And be. I thought a hotel room, like even at the nicest hotels, is like three hundred to four hundred dollars a night. Yeah. I mean, why are you paying so many thousands of dollars? I mean, because they have to feed you. What a room service you can order and. Well, you've seen the food that they're feeding them. It's fucking sandwiches with processed cheese. It's not real food. That's what I heard. Yeah, I didn't see it. I just heard it. I didn't see it with my own eyes. Yeah. Right. So, so it's like, why? Yeah. The question is, and and I'll I'll bring it back to this. Would probably be a conspiracy theory, but I guarantee you, it's fucking true. That's part of the way they're getting some of the money back from all the serve that they've been fucking handing out. Oh, of course. Yeah. Right. Just wait until the tax, like, you know, there, there's hidden taxes and stuff like, look what Biden's doing right now with this death tax and stuff yeah. like that. Right. Yeah. It's like, oh, no, that's 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 for, like it's not going to affect the rich people. It's going to affect the, the middle class and lower classes. Yeah. Right. It, it's it's the whole like you know, to say like it's the pessimistic thing is the whole system is rigged is look, if you watch V for Vendetta, great movie. I remember. Actually, it's so pertinent to what's been happening. Yeah. Is his speech when he gets on the on the radio and he says, or on the TV and he says, you know, like it's your fault, right? In the end, like you just got to look in the mirror and realize it's your fault, right? Like 
we allowed this to happen. Um, and the sad thing was is conservatives uh, have been silenced really well by the social pressure and social media, not just from direct censorship. But see, last year while Blaine was, uh, you know, she was in labor, I yeah. posted a J.P. Sears video on my on my Facebook. I love that guy, by the way. He's oh, like he's absolutely hilarious, right? And it's brilliant satire. And I posted it, and a woman who had been a part of my boot camp um, and, and looked up to me, and I thought she was – I knew her political views were very different from mine, so I never really said anything. Posted, I can't believe you, of all people, would post this, right? And – you know, it, it's, they, they don't, and I did my best to navigate through it and I, I, I did a good job, but the, the thing is, is they don't attack you with facts. Most of the time, there are smart people out there who do that. And it's like, you got to stop and listen to what they say and you can disagree. And it's like, mm, I don't, I disagree with that, but you know, whatever, that at least they're fortified in something that they have, but they first they attack for is I can't believe you did this. I thought you had a good character. I don't think I can be friends with you anymore because you said like it, it's the it's like their their attack style is to attack your character, yeah, make you feel guilty because they think highly of you. What fucking narcissists, by the way. <laughs> um, and then you know they have to bring in something of their own victimhood. I have I'm immunocompromised. Yes. Or yeah. if it's not them, it's got to be someone close to them. And then, how dare you? <laughs> right? Like, it's like, it's like uh, well, you haven't seen it because you're not here, but if you're driving on the fucking roads of Toronto and you stop behind a TTC bus, it's on every fucking bus, some dude wearing a fucking mask, and he says, I wear my mask to protect your mom. I'm like, bitch, no, you fucking don't. Shut up. Stop that. If the government was so concerned about your health, why haven't they told us that the best way to combat this whole thing is to have a BMI below 28, yep. to have a strong cardiovascular system with, an, with a VO2 max of higher than 42, and to get lots of vitamin D. Yep. And like I told you, I'll end on this. We'll end this shit on this. Me and fucking Becky got this shit. And I kicked it in three days. That's it. Healthy. You know, when you said you you had known about us from December, I, I, you know, I know we keep going here. I can keep this, talk, this conversation forever, but yeah, we got to live it. Is... Um, I think I had it in December, 2019. Yeah. Yeah. My, my old gym got sick and people were coming to me and saying like, cause we had some military guys and I, I don't know if it had something to do with the world military games. That's kind of my theory, but people were coming to me saying like, yeah, my doctor doesn't even know what this is. It's like we would call them like, where's this everybody? We have more, a higher membership than ever. And there's nobody in class. The classes are slow. Like and tons of people were sick. Yeah. And then, they said, like, yeah, my doctor doesn't even know what it is. I got some sort of respiratory illness. And then I got sick and I lost all my sense of taste and smell. I remember losing it, like sitting on my couch in my basement. Like, I can't taste this wine and I can't taste this cheese, you know, first world problems. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and I, I just got mad because I was fed up after like five days. Yeah. And I was just, I had this freaking cold for like five weeks. And then I went to Mexico and, because I, you know, my flight was booked. It was pre-pandemic, so it's not like I was flying to Mexico sick. They're not being an evil. I was afraid I, I was going to be sick on the airplane. They wouldn't let me on the airplane, right? But I was okay, right? Because I, I had the sniffles and stuff. But it was, you know, I took some uh, 
some active head or something like that before I went. So my symptoms be down. I got to Mexico and within 24 hours, it was gone. I got some sunlight. Yeah. Sunlight. Vitamin. And I'll, I'll, and I say this, I remember like my wife just had two kids. She kissed, she had, did it two days after me. I kicked it and she kicked it. Everyone was fine. Now I'm not saying that's the same case for everybody. No, it's not right. But how like, but they'll attack you saying you're insensitive. I knew this guy who knew this guy who knew this guy who knew a guy who died who died from it. I'm like, fuck! I know a guy who know a guy who knew a guy who died from a fucking herpes. Like Jesus Christ, everything you can die from anything. But like, it's it's not something that we need to be afraid of long term. Now that we you know we know what it is, it's under control. I think we need to get back to our fucking lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. And and and. Uh, I know I keep saying we'll end on this, but I'll fucking end on this. It's something that's in the martial arts community that you don't see very often. When you're fucking sick, you don't show up to the gym. No, you don't. It's, it's I just get so mad at students who would do that. Yeah. So it's, mad at them. Like, uh, if you have a ringworm, you don't come to the gym. If you feel you have a cold, you don't come to the gym. Like, it's been going on in martial arts, this whole social distancing bullshit, since I've started, which has been over 15 years now. If yeah. you don't feel well... Don't come to the gym. I don't understand how we've gotten to a point where we, that that logic, the, the common sense has gone anyway. Well, even at work, right? Like there's always been people talking about like they can't stand that person at the office who shows up sick. It's like, get out of here, man. You're getting us all sick. Go on. So uh, like, apply the same fucking logic we did two years ago before this shit and we would be out of it, guys. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we'll get to some of the other shit on another time. Yeah, good conversation, Ashton. I'm sorry. Maybe I talk too much, but that's just hey. Oh, that's this is I, good. I like you. I like when you talk too much because it makes me. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like I'm a dumb fuck. So that makes me a lot smarter when I listen to you talk about it. Well, it makes you feel better. I feel like a dummy too. So <laughs> appreciate you coming on, coach. All right. Th thanks for having me, Ashton. All right. Cool. Uh, thanks, coach. All right. Thanks, you, everybody. See you. See you from Belize. <laughs>